Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for June 7th, 2015. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jacks Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Wait, Did I Tell You This? Amy just said, good luck. I thought I would never graduate from high school. That's not because the four hardest years of my life were the first grade. It's because, you know, it just never would get here. Senior year, especially senior year, it's just like it never would get here. It's worse than Christmas. But, you know, it now seems like yesterday. In some ways, my four incredible years in college were also a long drudge. All the reading. All the projects, all the exams, oh my, I don't envy you. And all those weeks away from, you know, her. (laughs) But, you know, I can remember now putting on my cap and gown that day just like it was yesterday. Now, I would tell you that I thought I would never get married, but Amy had been planning that since I was 18. (laughs) But now it's been 29 years. Oh my gosh. 29 years. I can't believe it. And it seems like yesterday. And when I ran down the hall of the Brookwood Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, to let our family know that there was a 10-pound, 4-ounce boy in his mama's arms, well, I couldn't even see high school graduation from that day, you know? There were all those sleepless nights. I don't think we slept for seven years in our house and all those dirty diapers, if you remember those days. And there was learning to water ski, and to walk, and to talk, which happened in that order in our house. (laughs) I'm really not kidding you about that. There were all those CDC years just down the corridor here, and those exciting red and blue field days at Selwyn Elementary School. And there was middle school football, which was kind of interesting, and the beginning of baseball love. And there was physics and algebra too. And let me tell you that if you don't believe in hell, it's because you have not taken algebra two. <laughs> or you've not taken algebra two from she who shall not be named. <laughs> and there were the girls, Sally, you know, the new used car, and Madison, who's better than a used car. <laughs> And there was a year of baseball scouts, and then there was prom drama, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is he 18 or 38? Holy cow. But you know, I can remember that first day like it was yesterday. Amy's dad, who was hard-nosed on his children, who was much more apt to say no than go, used to defend his strict parenting by saying, well, I like what I'm turning out. And I do too. I like what we are turning out. But you know, you get to a day like today, and it's hard not to start looking back. It's hard not to get to this point and wonder about what all we have not remembered to tell them not to do. You know what I mean? And it's hard, we get to this point to wonder if we've really prepared them Are they really ready to go? I've spent the last few weeks thinking to myself, wait, 
wait, did I tell you this? Wait, did I tell you this? I mean, have we talked to you about managing money and, you know, tithing? Did you bring your checkbook to church today, Jackson? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Again, have I said enough about personal ethics? Have I told you about setting goals and maintaining discipline? And what about faith? I mean, here as a pastor, as a father and a pastor, thinking about all of these kids in my own, the love of God and the way of Jesus, have we said enough about the Bible? Wait, wait, did I tell you this? I hope it's just worried parent of a graduating high school senior syndrome, but I realized this week that I still have one more chance before you walk out the doors this morning to tell you everything you need to know before you go. So that's what I'm going to do this morning before you leave. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about our faith before you go. You ready? There are five things. Maybe you can, maybe you can memorize these. Maybe you can learn them. There are five things. And because we're preaching through the book of Mark, there are five scriptures to go with it, okay? The first thing, and it's first because it's the first thing. You are loved. Now here's the text. Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John, and just as he was coming up out of the water, a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. You are loved. I hope you have heard that from your parents. I hope you've heard that from your pastors. I hope you've heard that from your church community. I hope you've heard that from your Bible. You are loved. God loves you, and we are trying. We really are trying. That was supposed to be a joke. I'm sorry. God loves you, and we are trying. They're a little slow sometimes. I don't know. I'm sure that the most important thing Amy and I ever say, we get to say every week. Dan just said it this morning. After our time of confession, that moment of silence when we get to reflect a little bit on our lives that week to celebrate what we did well and think about what we can improve, we get to say, you are loved. You are forgiven. And I'm convinced, folks, that it's only when we learn to hear those words to really internalize those words, you are loved, that we can be at peace. So that's the first truth. Have I told you? You are loved. The number two is a thumbs up. Good news. You see, this is going to be a, 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 a learning thing here. Number one, number two, thumbs up. It's good news, okay? Here's the text. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news. The time is fulfilled. That means it's here. It was here then. It's here now. It's always time for good news. And the kingdom of God has come near. Gospel is the word we use for our truth, our message. And it's just an old word that means it's good news. You know, the truth is there's a lot of bad news coming from the church these days. I heard it again this week. Another church indicted on sex abuse charges. And you know what happens in those churches affects this congregation. It really does. It affects all congregations by association. Bad news affects the church. We need to be talking the good news the simple message that Jesus brought was 
good news. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter your decisions, how good they are or how bad they are, and you'll make some of both. No matter where you find yourself, God is with you. It's always good news. I hope that when you leave here, you're going to find a church, and you're going to be there every Sunday like you've been for the last, you know, 12 years, right? Um, But if you don't find a church that speaks good news, I hope you'll go to another place. Find a church that's a good news church because we need to hear the good news. It's the basic message. Did we tell you the gospel is good news? Now, the third is this middle finger, and it's the longest one because maybe there's more to say about this than any of the others. Here's the truth. Now, listen to this text from Mark's gospel. Jesus said to the disciples about the parables, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but to those outside, everything comes in parables in order that, now listen to this, He's talking to the disciples. You've been given the secrets of the kingdom, but everybody outside, I'm going to speak to them in parables, so that they may indeed look, but not perceive. That they may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Do you understand this? Do you understand this? I'm not sure I understand this. I've been working on this for 50 years. I'm not sure I understood what Jesus meant by that. There are some strange words, some hard truth in the Bible. And this third truth that I want to tell you is that anything that's important is going to take you some time to work at. You know, I heard somebody say one time, when I come to church, I don't really want to have to think. Well, don't come to church. You know, don't come to this church. There are plenty of churches that will give you truth that you don't have to think about. But all truth you can't put on a bumper sticker. You know, I've told you about my bumper sticker that says, Eschew Obfuscation, which means avoid making it difficult to understand. You know, I really believe that, that we ought to avoid making things difficult to understand. But the ironic truth is that if we make it too easy, we miss the deepest truth. Some things in the Bible are hard to understand. Some things about your faith life are hard to understand. And we can't just simplify everything to bumper sticker truths. So it's hard news. Life is never simple. Even though the basic news is you are loved and it's good news, life is hard. Life is complicated. And so you don't get a choice to just make all the truth easy truth. You know, if you want to learn it, if you want it to be important to your life, you're going to have to spend a little bit of time working. Read, listen, study, think about it. It's hard stuff, but you can get it. Did I tell you? This is hard stuff. Now, the fourth finger, the ring finger, reminds us of, well, it reminds us of those relationships that are most important to us and maybe the hardest for us. And so this fourth truth is about relationship. Here's the text. If any want to become my followers, it's a relationship. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life 
You know that old bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys wins? You know, that's kind of the philosophy some people have. I'm trying to grab everything I can get a hold of and hang on to it. Like that confession we just read about the baby who grabs everything and hangs on. You know, we have that tendency to want to grab and hang on. And Jesus says, if that's your attitude about life, you'll lose it. But those who are willing to give up their life for something bigger, they're the ones who will find life. What will it profit you to gain the whole world and forfeit your life? The other bumper sticker is really better. It says, the one who dies with the most toys is still dead. (laughs) What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to grab everything and are you going to be greedy and hoard? Are you going to seek to find everything for your own and be selfish about it? Or are you going to learn to give it up? And that's what the cross is about. Mark spends, in his gospel, he spends one-third of the whole gospel talking about the death of Jesus. And so the cross is the right symbol for Christian faith. It's up there, it's on our steeple, it's everywhere. You see it all the time, all the, all, all the, uh, everywhere. And it's the right symbol, but we've got to understand what it means. I think what Mark is trying to tell us in his gospel by spending a third of the time talking about the the cross is not just that Jesus died to save you from your sins. He says, take up your cross and follow. It's about relationship. It's about learning to live the kind of love that Jesus taught us. It's sacrificial love. It's not holding on. It's giving up. So the cross is about living sacrificially. You're going to learn, if you haven't already learned, that any love that doesn't cost you something isn't love. Love is always, true love is always sacrificial. And that's what the cross means. And you've got to learn to live it in your life. You've got to learn to love the way Jesus loved if you want to have life. Have I told you? Have I told you? Somebody told me not long ago, and it was probably one of you, I can't remember who this was, that their father had a philosophy that he would never receive a gift that was too valuable that he couldn't give away. I thought that was beautiful. You know, we get valuable things and we think, oh, I've got it, I'm going to hang on to it. And somebody here, somebody's father, had this philosophy that he would never receive a gift if he couldn't be free to give it away. What a great way to think about life. The most valuable things you have, you ought to be willing to give away. And the most valuable thing you have is your life. But you've got to learn how to give away to other people. That's what the cross means. That's what Jesus taught us. Have I told you? It's about relationship. How we live with one another and how we learn to love God. Now this last one is this little pinky finger. Okay, and this one ought to be easy to remember too because it's like a pinky promise. Okay, can you remember that pinky promise? Here's the text. Oh, here's the truth. Love never fails. So here's the text. As they entered the tomb, this was after Jesus had been crucified, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe and he said to them, do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He has been raised from the dead. Go tell his disciples that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. And the gospel ends. You're going to see him, I promise. Now, I love the gospel of Mark because it ends just like that. You're going to see him. He's been resurrected, I promise. You're going to see him, I promise. What's a promise? 
It's not a gift you get today. A promise is a gift you're going to get in the future. Like, oh yeah, mom, I'll clean up my room, I promise. You know, one day. And so this scripture ends with this wonderful story of resurrection, which is God's like pinky promise to us that love never ends. Hope, the Bible says, will not disappoint us. Hope will not disappoint us. But you know, this truth isn't easy either. What is resurrection? Where is hope? When will those promises be fulfilled? When will I know? And Mark leaves it with, with, he's gone ahead of you. You will see him, I promise. But that's where the faith comes in. People cannot live without hope. Ask anyone who's known prison life, ask any Holocaust survivors the importance and the power of hope. You can't live without it. But if you have hope, people can survive almost anything. Love never ends. It's God's final promise to us. Did we tell you this? Love never fails. So we begin with love. You are loved. And we end with love. It never fails. And in the middle, there's good news, but good news that's sometimes hard to understand, which is why you need a community of faith, why you need relationship to learn how to love one another here. And that's the truth. That's all the truth you need to know. I hope you'll take it with you. And I hope you'll take us with you when you go. It will be a good thing. You need it, and the world needs it. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.